This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Several years ago, when I was serving as pastor of a church in another part of South Carolina, I was visiting one afternoon at the home of one of our members. Out in the yard of their house, I noticed a heavy wire cage in which I learned that a small puppy had been shipped all the way from New Orleans, Louisiana. There was a tag on the side of that sturdy cage stating that the puppy was being shipped by air freight. There was also another word on the side of the cage, big word in large letters which read P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y, priority. This meant that that cage contained a very important item and that it deserved to have special attention. If the airplane attendants were to become very busy with their other duties, they were not to forget to take care of this dog. She was to receive proper care, getting food and water during the trip. Priority. Matters of priority are those which take first place with us, whatever the reason for this may be. Sometimes there are those who become so confused as to what really should take priority in life. They get this sense of values all mixed up. There were two young boys who once broke into a small grocery store one night in a community. They didn't steal anything, but they apparently had a good time switching the price tags around on the merchandise there. You can imagine the surprise of the storekeeper the next morning when he opened up. He found the price tags all changed around. Eggs were now selling at $3 a piece. Bicycles were $0.08 cents per pound. <laughs> Nails were $20 each. And T-bone steaks were two for a nickel. Priority. <coughs> when God made this world, he put some price tags on life. Some things he priced as very valuable, some things rather cheap. Those things which God put a high price tag on, he designated for his disciples and for us to give top priority to. <clears throat> One of the things that Jesus gave prior, to which he gave top priority was your money. I'm firmly convinced that there are many fine Christian people who do not know the depths of real Christian joy and victory simply because they're cheating God out of what rightfully belongs to him. <clears throat> In the midst of confusion as to what might be considered a tithe, these people just throw up their hands and say, well, I'll give something and maybe the Lord will be happy. Partial obedience is not obedience at all. When we fail to obey God fully, we may try to excuse ourselves, but God is not pleased when we fail to obey him completely. Is a school teacher happy when a pupil does only half of an assignment? Would a commanding officer in military service be pleased with one of, one of his men who follows only three-fourths of his orders? Is a parent happy when a child looks up and says, I'll do part of what I'm told to do, but no more? No, we're not fooling ourselves. We may be fooling only ourselves. 
if we think that the Lord's happy when we fail to obey Him in full stewardship of our money. Not a legalistic tithe, but a love gift, a genuine love gift to Him out of a heart of gratitude for His blessings. At a church loyalty dinner some time ago, there was a Christian layman who had agreed to give his own personal testimony on giving. When he was introduced, it was obvious that he was deeply appreciated and loved by all the people because the applause for this man just kept on coming before he started talking. After a moment, he raised his hand for silence, and then he said this. When I was a boy of 14 years old, I came home one Saturday with my first pay envelope. I didn't open it until I got home. Mother and I sat down at the kitchen table, and I poured the money out. There were 13 $1 bills and 25 cents. I thought that was the biggest pile of money I had ever seen in my life. You can tell this was many years ago, can't you? My mother said, what are you going to do with that money, son? I told her, I'm going to buy a pair of skates, and with some of it, I'm going to buy me a pair of gloves also. And then I want to buy you something too, mother. Well, what will you do with the rest of it, she asked. I told her I thought I'd start maybe a savings account. Then quietly smiling, she said, aren't you going to give God a tenth of it? My response was, do I have to? After a moment of silence, she said, no, son, that's your money. You don't have to give God any of it. But your father and I tithe. We get a lot of pleasure out of it. And I'm sure that God has blessed us more abundantly than we could ever have hoped for. Son, suppose you go up to your room. Think about it. I would suggest you also pray about it, and then you make your own decision. The man said, I stayed upstairs for a couple of hours. When I came back down, I went straight to Mother, and I asked her, if she would answer a question for me. I said, Mother, suppose I do not tithe. Suppose I don't give God a tenth. Suppose I just give him a part, or maybe none at all. What would happen to me? She looked at me and she said, Nothing, son. Nothing now. Oh, I was greatly relieved. Then I asked her, Mama, what will happen if I do tithe? Her face just beamed as she answered, Son, that's exactly what I wanted you to ask me. The answer is the same thing that has happened to your daddy and me. You will find more peace of mind, more joy, more satisfaction in being a good steward than in any other one thing you'll ever do. You'll enjoy saying your prayers more. You'll be prouder of your faith. You'll have the assurance that God's proud of you too. You will grow stronger spiritually, and you will have blessings that you would never have had otherwise. Then the man who was speaking, giving this testimony, choked up a bit, and he said to the audience, You know, it makes me tremble, tremble, like the old song says, when I think, suppose I had not started to tithe, then he concluded his speech by saying, Out of the bottom of my heart, I can say that 
nothing in this world has meant as much to me as my relationship to my Heavenly Father. And I doubt I would have ever enjoyed this relationship if I had not started tithing. Yes, Jesus put a high priority on a person's relationship to God as a steward. And it simply stands to reason that you can manage your business better with nine-tenths of your income plus God's approval than you can manage spending ten-tenths of it without God's blessing. Sometimes in funerals we hear the verse from Psalm 116, verse 15, which says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But I believe it is significant that that wonderful verse is preceded by another equally important verse, verse 14, the one before it, which says, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. <clears throat> Did you know that Jesus had more to say about money and earthly possessions than he said about any other subject? It must have been extremely important for him to spend so much of his time dealing with this subject. I've heard of preachers who've said that they don't preach on this subject because they're afraid people will get the impression all they talk about is money. <clears throat> and yes, I have heard some of the TV evangelists who would probably fit that category, but not all of them. You know that Billy Graham was a great example of a positive kind of TV evangelist. He was not out for money. He was out to guide people to the saving relationship with Jesus. I must confess that in the early years of my ministry, I also had those feelings of reluctance to preach on the stewardship of possessions, specifically money. Even those preachers who do preach on this subject have been known to do so with an apologetic note. <clears throat> but as I have grown older, and hopefully at least a little bit wiser, I've come to understand that this is a message that people need to hear. We hear some talk about <clears throat> preaching the full gospel. Well, you can't preach the full gospel if you leave this part out of it. You know, what the, you know about the Pharisees in Jesus' day, don't you? They were folks who were the super pious. They were proud of it, too. They were the letter of the law folks who dotted every I and crossed every T in obedience to the law. You want a good example of tithers? Just to show how meticulous they were, they'd go out to their gardens to harvest mint leaves, but they, they would keep only nine out of ten leaves. The other one went to God. The Bible doesn't say how they gave God one mint leaf, but I'm sure they must have figured out some kind of way <clears throat> in the seventh chapter of Matthew's gospel, Jesus pronounces seven woes, seven statements of condemnation on these teachers of the law and the Pharisees. Each of these begins with basically the same kind of wording. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. One of them begins, uh, woe to you, blind guides. Uh, another one starts, uh, you snakes, you brood of vipers. Wow, <clears throat> those teachers of the law and the Pharisees must have been some misguided people. Let me read the one which Jesus spoke, recorded in verse 23. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. 
Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you give a tenth or tithe of your mint and dill and cumin, focusing on minor matters. You've neglected the weightier, more important moral and spiritual provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the primary things you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Did you hear what Jesus said? He did not condemn them for tithing. He said they should focus more, though, on other moral and spiritual matters, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But don't neglect the others. What's the others? Tithing. And just to be sure you didn't miss it, Luke records the very same words of Jesus in his gospel. You can read that in Luke chapter 11, verse 42. Folks, I had planned to say a lot more on this subject of top priority when I began preparing this sermon, but my time's gone now, and I've covered only the first thing I wanted to say about top priority. Now, I've got two more things I want to say. I guess they'll just have to wait till next Sunday. Aren't you glad I didn't go ahead with them today? <laughs> Let me conclude now with a statement which I've heard my preacher father make so many times when he preached on the subject of stewardship of money. I've heard him say it time and time again. In God's great heart of love for us, the primary thought God has in regard to giving is that the giver receive a blessing. So have you denied yourself of the full joy that God has for you because of disobedience in this matter? Surrender to Jesus in every part of your life. That's the only way you'll find that abundant blessing he came to give. Try it. You'll like it. Lord, help us to trust in you, not just with spiritual material things, uh, spiritual things we talk about, but material things also, like our money. You don't need our money. You can get along with it. Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. You can do just fine without anything we give, but we can't do fine. So help us, we pray, Father, to be first in obedience to you with what you've given to us as you lead us. This we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus who taught us how to live and how to give. Amen.